Rudolph's blinking red nose that we saw in the in the butt a nose <laughs> in the butt a nose <laughs> Rudolph's blinking nose that we saw but a nose red from <laughs> okay it's sorry I wrote this From Boogie Land Media, this is On Carlson Drive, a dusty little dirt road of memories from the wit and whimsy of Wendy Bonifield. Today's episode, Christmas at Grandma's. My family and I will be spending Christmas at the very best place on earth, my grandma and grandpa's house in Michigan. My grandma and grandpa, by the way, are the very best people God ever created. Grandpa is the fun, and grandma is the heart. We would say we are going to grandma's house to play with grandpa. It's in Michigan, so there is a high possibility of snow on Christmas Day. Lots of cousins, lots of aunts and uncles. And on this Christmas Eve, it is my Uncle Wally who steps center stage. Look, 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 out the window, do you see it? It's Rudolph's red nose, right up there in the sky. Uncle Wally excitedly rushes us to the window. See it? It's Rudolph's red nose. It's blinking. It's blinking right out there in the sky. Yes, 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 I see it. It's Rudolph. It is. I see it. Uncle Wally has convinced all of us that Santa Claus is flying by the house right now with Rudolph and his red nose in the lead. Even though every other year we are told Santa Claus will not come until we are all in bed asleep. That doesn't even cross our minds. We believe Uncle Wally completely. And then we hear a knock on the window in the next room. Uncle Wally runs to the room, shouting that it was one of Santa's elves, making sure we are being good. We run after him and try to get a glimpse of the elf out the window, and then we hear another knock on a different window. All around the house, the elves are knocking on the window, and Uncle Wally has us all running around the house, trying to see the elf, laughing and screaming as we go, Santa is here! Grandma's house is one big circle, from the warm, inviting kitchen that always has enough food for an army, into the dining room that is not really used as a dining room, but has the player piano in it, around to the front room, where a picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane is lit up over the fireplace, down the hallway that is lined with bookshelves full of books, with all three bedrooms, Grandma and Grandpa's room, my Aunt Anne's room, and the boys' room, with the pull-up bar in the doorway, past the bathroom that doesn't really lock, and on into the living room where there is sure to be some kind of sporting event on the TV, then back to the kitchen. Around and around we go with Uncle Wally in the lead, shouting, It's Santa! It's Santa! Grandma and Grandpa just watch and laugh and enjoy the joyful noise. Finally, the knocking has stopped. We crash in the front room by the funny-shaped Christmas tree that Grandpa has chopped down from the woods behind the house. 
Grandma has filled the Christmas tree with all of her familiar ornaments that are there year after year. The glass bells, blue moons, old-fashioned glass ornaments, and with candy canes for every grandchild. Some of us have already eaten ours, but there are extras, which is good because we have stories to tell. I saw him. He had a red nose. Yeah, and he was really, really small, but he was really, really fast. Yeah, and he had a hat on, but it was little, and it hardly fit on his head. Uncle Wally encourages all of us with his own stories. I honestly still have the image in my head of what I thought I saw on that magical night. And that elf did have a red nose. Not like a clown nose or Rudolph's blinking red nose, but a nose red from the cold, from running around outside knocking on windows in the cold. At night when everyone is ready to go to sleep, every room in the house is full. There is the back, back, back bedroom in the basement that is pitch black. Not a sliver of light gets into that room. Next to it is the room just big enough for the ping pong table. No one sleeps in there. The pull-out couch in the pool table room is full, and a fold-away bed at the bottom of the stairs is occupied as well. Fortunately for me, I am not sleeping in the basement, because, as we all know, the boogeyman lives in the basement. Just ask my grandpa. He warns us every time we go down there. You are relatively safe from the boogeyman during the day. I mean, you still have to be careful, but nighttime? Nighttime is a different story altogether. And don't even ask me about the pump room. All I can say is that that room is not safe. There's a hole in the floor in that room. Never in my life have I set foot in that room which is why I'm still here today to tell you this story. I'm serious. That room is not safe. Now, there are four of us squished in my Aunt Anne's room. My older sister, Lisa, my cousin, Jenny, my Aunt Anne, and myself. My Aunt Anne and my sister, Lisa, are the same age, just six days apart. That is another story for another day. My cousin Jenny and I are exactly one year apart, which in my mind, and only in my mind, makes us extra special cousins. It's hard to settle down after all that excitement. I mean, we just saw Rudolph's nose flying across the sky and Santa's elves knocking on our windows. But finally we settle down with one last prediction from Uncle Wally of who will get cold in their stockings. Morning comes quick. The four of us awake long before the rest of the house is stirring, but we know the rules. We cannot go into the front room until everyone is awake. But Uncle Wally is our spy. Oh yes, he says, there are lots of presents and our stockings are full. Of course, some of them are filled with coal. He can't be sure who's have coal in them, but there are definitely coal-filled stockings. The boys, my little brother Dan and my cousin Paul, Jenny's little brother, have joined us in Anne's small room. And Uncle Wally has us all guessing which among us has the coal-filled stocking. I was pretty confident it wasn't mine, 
If someone's stocking was going to be full of cold, it would probably be my brother Dan's. I think he was probably worried about it himself. Finally, we are released from the room and the moment of truth arrives. As we each rush to find our stockings by the fireplace, not one is filled with coal, Uncle Wally. Why do we believe him every year? The front room is now filled wall to wall with piles of presents. Each family has a section of the room, and in each family section, each individual has their own pile of presents. In our little family group, we open presents one at a time. I don't know what everyone else does, because at this point, each family does their own thing, with Grandma and Grandpa enjoying all the fun. Once everyone has finished opening their presents, it's time to watch Grandma and Grandpa open presents. We all want to enjoy the pleasure of giving gifts to these two people we love so deeply. I have given my grandma and grandpa a fine art sculpture I made out of an Aunt Jemima syrup jar. I glued yarn on the cap for hair, painted the face, and glued fabric around the jar for clothes. Grandma opens the gift with such joy, I know it will be one of her most treasured possessions. It is a very busy time for me now. I have to see what everyone else got, and I have to show them what I got. There are new board games to play and craft kits to open. Magically, the wrapping paper and boxes have all disappeared, so now I can make a neat little pile of my presents to tuck under the tree. More family arrives at the house, and preparations for the afternoon Christmas dinner are in full swing. Food appears from nowhere, turkey and ham, all kinds of fluffy things that don't seem to fit the salad category that we call salad anyway. Pineapple salad, pistachio salad, at least the pistachio salad is green. The ants are in full command of the kitchen now and it is very important to stay away. You do not want to be underfoot. When it's time for dinner, yes, there is a kid's table, the best seat in the house. The tables span the length of the kitchen into the dining room. It's crowded and noisy and joyful and wonderful. It's Christmas. I love being with my family at Christmas. The noisier, the better. Would you like to know what is really magical? Rudolph's nose still blinks outside that window. Sure, you could say it may actually be a radio tower. And it's possible that it was one of my other uncles knocking on the windows of the house and not Santa's elves, and that the stockings were filled by my mother and Aunt Linda. But I don't think so. Christmas is a magical time. You just have to embrace the magic. It's more fun that way. So we're all in luck today because you get to meet my Uncle Wally. So that's super special. So welcome, Uncle Wally. Thank you. 
Um, we're going to talk about something that's dear to my heart, and that is Christmas at Grandma's house. Uncle Wally, you always played a, a big part. I'm kind of curious about Christmas time before all of the grandkids came around. You know, before all the grandkids came around, my mom and dad lived in a house that was 24 by 24, and it was three stories high. That's square feet. That's just like, you know, the size of a lot of people's family rooms. And uh, all of the kids lived upstairs. You know, I had, uh, at that time, before all the grandkids came around, there were three of us boys and three girls. And uh, we would line up on the stairs, and my dad would have the oldest at the top and the youngest at the bottom. And my mom and dad would stand at the bottom of the stairs and they would say, you know, we would all be up real early for Christmas morning, excited about the presents and everything that was going to happen. And my mom and dad would say, come on down. And we would race down the steps and each person had their own little pile of Christmas presents. And uh, a lot of times the older people, which was your mom, Phyllis, yeah. and my older brother, Donnie, they would kind of trample over us little, littler guys to get down to their presence. But it was always a lot of fun. You know, the other thing I remember back then before, before all the grandkids came along is that a lot of the ornaments on my mom's tree, mom and dad's tree, were made during World War II. Yeah. So they weren't very fancy. You know, they were made out of materials that they could use back then, which was limited because of the war. So what were the, what would, what did those ornaments look like? Like, what did you mean by that? Well, they were just, um, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they'd be more uh, uh, plasticky or silvery and not as well constructed. Obviously you could look at them and see that they were handmade, not necessarily manufactured made. Yeah. I mean, cause I still have some ornaments from grandma's tree. I have them on my tree. That, yeah. uh, like all the little, I think they're the shiny bright. That's the brand from, I think the fifties, maybe that's when they were big. But I remember when they finally moved from Michigan to Florida and they kind of had a big old garage sale and got rid of a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, I was like, I am taking all of these ornaments that you, <laughs> so I have, um, some of the ornaments from grandma's tree. They're not going anywhere. They're uh, staying on my tree. Well, but Christmas at, at, at that particular house before all the grandkids and even at Atherton, I mean, it was just a warm, family-friendly feeling, you know, with, you know, mom cooking. You could always smell turkey or apple pie in the background. And, of course, snowball fights and, uh, you know, building s- snow forts and all that sort of thing. Icicles was, you know, really fun. Now that I'm down here in Florida, obviously, we don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of that. Well, your kids um, were born and raised in Florida, right? Right. So actually, my grandkids want to make a trip up north this year to see snow because they've never seen snow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's that would be special, wouldn't it? It would. <laughs> so some of the traditions um, I remember at Grandma's was was everybody had their own pile, that everybody had their own spot. And I loved that, that because before Christmas Day, the living room was pretty much empty. I mean, we had the Christmas tree, but then everybody would go to sleep. And then in the morning, you'd come up and you'd come in the living room and it would just be crammed full of presents, just piles from wall. But everybody had their own pile. You know, the thing is, uh, my mom was really, really big on Christmas and 
and spin a, you know, really spend. I remember talking with my dad about it and, and she'd spend a fortune on Christmas. <laughs> you know, when I was first dating my wife and I brought her to our house for Christmas, I mean, she wasn't expecting anything because she wasn't a part of the family. It was just simply somebody I was dating. Yeah. But when Christmas morning rolled around, she had equally amount of presents as everybody else and was, was emotional and in, in, in tears because of that love and that lavish uh, Christmas spirit that my mom always had. Oh, that was something wonderful about grandma. If you came into that house, she was going to love you. That's true. Yeah, I do. I remember a conversation of everybody around the table about Christmas, about that, about presents. I was a little bit older, obviously, because I remember, and the grand, there were more and more grandkids coming along. And I remember them, it was a serious conversation with, with grandma and, you know, was like, hey, we're going to have to limit the presents. And I think that was maybe the time when you went to drawing names for everybody, because there was a time when all of my aunts and uncles bought me a present. So, like, I got a gift from everybody. Right. I mean, that was pretty cool. That was good stuff for me as a kid. And, of course, Grandma, like you said, was super generous. But I remember this conversation was like, we're going to have to limit the presents. And I remember sitting there like, I am so mad at all of you right now. <laughs> and, and Grandma was so sad about it, too. I remember that. And I was like, do you guys see how sad grandma is like I was, you know, like I was standing up for grandma and it wasn't my own <laughs> selfish yeah. ambitions to get the presents. You know, when you think about it and you've got your own family to, to buy for, like with me, I had three and my wife four and then her parents and then all of the brothers and sisters and my mom and dad, it got to be quite expensive. But yeah, I remember as, you know, we would draw names as, as a family uh, and I would draw your mom's name, Phyllis or Linda or Donnie or whatever. And then we would just buy for that own, that one person. So that was, that was okay for a while. And we did that for a while. And then I don't know, we discontinued that about 10 years ago, I think. I understand it now as an adult, but I, you know, when I was, I don't know how old I was as a child, it was super disappointing. You used to get 50 presents. Now you're going to get 10. Yeah. It's like, wait, this is not <laughs> going my way. And look, you're making grandma cry. <laughs> yeah. You you always made Christmas uh super fun. Well, you um I even got a glimpse of it this week spending time with grandpa that you're sort of a troublemaker. <laughs> Not like I didn't know. Like <laughs> But um you know, you always like to give us a hard time about who got coal oh, yeah. in their stockings. I mean, Christmas is a special time for me. You know, I, I love that. I love the fantasy of Santa Claus and the reindeer. And, you know, I love to say, hey, the reindeer's out the window and go look. Or I thought I heard I thought I heard it on the roof or whatever. You know what? And I think I got that from my grandpa on my mom's side. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I remember when I was a kid, he would dress up like Santa Claus. And he would actually come to our house and he would knock on the window, bam, 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 bam. And then he would, we'd go to the front door and there would be a, a, a sack full of presents uh, that my grandpa on my, and he, he was a, my, my mom's dad was kind of stoic and not really a happy-go-lucky kind of mm -hmm. guy. He was kind of, in my opinion, kind of grumpy. Really? So for him to do that was really out of care. Of course, we didn't know it was him, but my mom always told, told us later. 
That was my dad that dressed up like Santa. Really? I love that. Well, that sounds exactly like, I mean, the story that I tell, I, I remember this very clearly. You probably don't remember this moment because it's probably something that you did over and over again for us and for your kids and for your grandkids. But I very clearly remember running around that house certain that Santa's elf was knocking on the window. I don't know who who you had as your accomplice out there knocking on the window, but I believed it with my whole heart. I always had a lot of fun with you guys. You were obviously, you know, the little guys and I was the bigger guy. And so, yeah, it was fun to be able to say, hey, he's over here and knock on the window. And then all of a sudden have my little brother, Freddie, knock on another window and you guys would run over there. And my little, my sister, Nancy, would knock on a window and you'd run over there and we had you going. Oh, yeah. I, I, like I said, I believed it fully. And I, I even conjured up in my head, you know, exactly what that little elf looked like. <laughs> you know, I believed it. At the time, I did not realize what a trickster you were. I believed you. Well, <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun time. And, you know, you, you've had your little kids. And so you know what that's all about. You know, they're older now. So I guess they're not believing in Santa Claus. Oh, no, they still believe in Santa Claus. Oh, well, there that's you go. Right, sure. <laughs> Just like we believe in Santa Claus, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, and now I've got a little one, uh, my own little grandkid coming. So so we'll have that fun, too, to look forward to. You will indeed. And that's even more fun. Yeah. Yeah. One of the traditions that we still carry on, my dad, as you know, is 98 years old. Yeah. As long as I can remember, we've always gathered on Christmas Eve and played Christmas carols. So this year, my dad, like I said, will be 98, and at his house on Christmas Eve at 6 o'clock, we'll go down to his, the corner of his street, myself, my dad, and my son, Wally, who plays cornet trumpet, yeah. and uh, we'll play Christmas carols on the corner. All of the family that's in town will be there, which will be about 22 people or something. You know, that's Nancy's family, Annie's family, my family, all the grandkids. We make up about half the crowd, but then all the neighborhood comes. That's great. And we all play the carols. My sister Nancy sings Oh Holy Night as a tradition. And yeah, so those traditions are important. And with my dad alive, we're continuing that tradition. That's good. I, I, I'm i still amazed at how great Grandpa sounds on that horn at 98. Yeah. Well, he thinks a lot of you too. <laughs> well, all right. Well, good. Well, I, I learned it from him. I know that my dad was a phenomenal musician, and I certainly learned a lot of musicianship from him. But I, I definitely learned so much from Grandpa from on playing as well, and that tone, the tone yeah. that Grandpa has. Yep. He wasn't all about yeah. technique. He was all about, I just want to play something sweet. And I think that's kind of where I got that too. Just yeah. let's play something pretty. That's Dad. Well, we're starting to get our lip in shape for Christmas now. So uh, we've got about four weeks, five weeks until Christmas. So we'll be practicing and getting getting it all together for the big gig. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Uncle Wally, thanks so much for chatting with me about Christmas. And um, You're welcome. I enjoy your podcast. Yeah. I hope that your podcast listeners enjoy our, our quaint conversation. And, uh, and I wish all of your listeners a merry uh, Christmas and a happy new year. I hope it's better in this next year than it was in 2020. I can't imagine it being any different. 
I'm sh it's gotta be it's gotta be better, right? <laughs> it's just gotta be better. Crazy year, so <laughs> definitely crazy. This episode of On Carlson Drive was produced for Boogieland Media by Randy and Wendy Bonifield. All stories were written, edited, and narrated by Wendy Bonifield. Follow On Carlson Drive on Facebook and Instagram at username On Carlson Drive. Please like, add, friend, and review this podcast wherever you find us. Join us next week for a new episode. Until then, thank you for joining us on Carlson Drive.